Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, welcome everybody once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. This is your host, David Lewis, and I am really excited, very, very excited to have on the program. I think a surprise for all of you. I know so many of you listen to me uh, and listen to the program because of all the great marketing technology methodologies and systems and practitioners we have. But today, my guest, Ira Koretsky, is joining. And Ira is the chief storyteller. And he and I met uh, at a workshop that he taught a group of us. And I want to dive right into that in a moment. But first, Ira, thank you so much for joining me on the program. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Excited to have a follow-up with you. As I mentioned, I you know always talk about marketing technology and the use of marketing technology for driving growth. But we all know that just like technology has become super important in our marketing efforts, the art of storytelling is really the most important. I mean, if you don't have great technology infrastructure, well, okay, shame on all of us. But what goes into that? is content, and content today is fueled by great storytelling. So thank you for joining me on the program. Before I kick things off with you and I, uh, for everyone, I am a member of a, a group called Vistage, and it's a peer group. It's a national, I think international, peer group of CEOs and key executives, and we meet on a regular basis. And every once in a while, we have a speaker join us, typically about 8 or 12 times a year. And that speaker brings in some content. And over the five-plus years that I've been a member, I would say uh, there are four or five sessions that really stand out for me that are just so impactful and things that I've taken back into my organization or into my own personal life or work life. And Ira, you are one of those sessions. It was just incredibly impactful session. And so again, thank you for joining me on the program so that you can share some segments of what you taught us in that workshop. Um, can I ask you, Ira, how did all this begin for you? Well, there's there's two ways I could answer that. Let me, let me do the, the sh- kind of straight right way is that um, I got laid off from two different dot-coms during the dot-com boom back in 1999, and uh, about two years later, I was living out in the San Francisco area. And the first company um, was very exciting, but unfortunately didn't get a second, big second round of funding. And then the second company, unfortunately 9-11 happened, and as you know, a lot of the dot-coms weren't getting additional funding again. And here I am, I'm in my favorite city of the world, I'm having a great time, and then all of a sudden, you know, the, the rug got pulled out. And my best friend at the time, Jeremy, had said to me, hey, you're smart, start your own company. So I dived right in and had no idea what I didn't know. There was such a knowledge gap. And about six to eight months in, I'm not having much luck selling, and I don't have any clue why, because I'm a marketing guy. Through and through, I'm a marketing guy. And my graphic designer, who helped, who was my best friend, another best friend at the time, helped me start the company and said, in a, in a nipical kind of San Francisco way, California, dude, you're helping people tell your story. And it took about a week, and it just fell on top of me like just a dump truck of, of whatever you want to call it. It was like, holy cow, I am. And then I started to really be introspective, and I look back in my career, and I was a public affairs officer in Army healthcare when I uh, got out of college. 
And I had no idea that's what I was doing. So I was doing presentations and stories and content, literally cutting and pasting, if you remember back then, using clear plastic sheets. So that's, I had no idea in my whole entire career, and if you even move it backward from there, I was doing uh, high school debate and drama. So my whole life has been in one form or another storytelling. Um, And so if we kind of fast forward back to Jeremy, and and then the other name was uh, was Aaron, my graphic designer, was um, I made it happen. I just made it happen through hook or crook and listening to a whole bunch of different mentors and tremendous amount of reading and lots of mistakes. And about 16 years later, I started in 2002. Here I am. The last thing you talked about could be a whole podcast in and of itself because I'm always out there talking about just take action. Don't think you have to have it all figured out. Just take action. So glad you did, Ira, because like I said, it was so impactful for me. I used what you taught in that workshop, as you recall. I think the next day I flew out um, to the East Coast, and on that flight I wrote out uh, a new story that you had inspired me to create um, for a presentation that we were giving a new prospect, which went incredibly well. So thank you. Immediate ROI, like 24-hour ROI. Nice. So Very nice. what Ira taught us, and I'd love for you to share with the folks, is this art of storytelling and maybe the importance of, of why storytelling. You know, one of the things that really was a game changer for me, I give so many presentations, and a lot of my presentation training that I've had, some of the best people um, in the business have, have taught me, and I, you know, I continue to fine-tune that craft, was about the opening of a presentation, how to start that presentation with a story, and not even introducing yourself. is one of the reasons I wanted to introduce you, right, before you um, kicked off on the program. So, you know, you shared some ideas about where to tell stories, and everyone on the program that listens to this, they're either in sales or they're in marketing, and if they're in sales, they're telling stories, and if they're in marketing, they're not only telling stories, but they're writing stories and creating content. So can you can you encapsulate that framework and share some of the ideas for the group? It was, it was just so impactful. Sure, sure, and I think you asked two questions, so sort of like where do you tell stories and then the framework, and this is what a lot of people don't think about is how how much stories, I think, are the language of business. People don't realize this. If you remember back to our workshop, um, I asked everybody the last time they told the story, and generally there's usually about 15 people in these types of presentations. Inevitably, two people will say, oh, I told the story this morning, and then five to six say something like, I told the story last week, and then three or four will say, uh, probably last month. And I go, wait a second, didn't you tell a story when you got in here about how to catch up and... If it was a Monday meeting, how was your weekend? How's it going with that big prospect? How's it going with your new hire? And they all kind of look at me with this deer in the headlight look like, oh, yeah, I just told a story. And so that's one of my big kind of uh, lessons when I do these workshops is that people need to realize that stories are everywhere. So if you think of them on the personal side, so I'll break it down into sort of the, the marketing side and the personal side. You've got conferences, right, workshops, keynotes, panelists, uh, board meetings, right? You're, how many times do you meet with your board? Is it straight numbers? Um, you've got investor meetings, prospecting, sales, um, customers, customer service, human resources, recruiting, uh, quarterly meetings, uh, media interviews. Uh, people forget that the executive bio is a story, and it's usually very chronological, kind of very old school. I mean, there's just so many opportunities, videos, social media. And if you switch now to the hat of a marketing person who's in an organization, to me, the elevator speech is the most important story of the entire company. 
done well. It represents the culture, why we work here, why we exist, the value that we have to offer. Success stories. To me, whenever I work with my clients, the number one thing I, I, will, I will drag them kicking and screaming in the first month to develop very concerted effort of developing success stories. Because what happens is these become corporate assets. And that's what another thing people don't realize. You have all these stories, and then they're not repeatable, and almost in a way, in air quotes, scalable. You know, when you when you asked us to write out that list, you actually kicked off the workshop and said, you know, write down some of the the stories that you have to tell on a regular basis. And I started thinking right. about what was coming up over the next couple of months, and I knew we were mm-hmm. going to be hiring um, some additional members to our sales team. And I'm like, I'm going to have to teach them how to tell this story and this story and this story. And some of those are, you know. Um, you know, how did demand gen come to be? What is our elevator pitch? What is our value proposition, right? All those key things that they're going to want to address at some point um, in their discovery calls with clients. I also identified that we have new employees always coming in. And so I conduct a one-on-one with every new employee that joins demand gen. And there's a story of our history and our culture and our core values. So before long, as you, as you pointed out, I wind up with a big, huge list of common stories that I need to tell and I realized like some of them were pretty baked for me like I had mm-hmm. come up with right. the story but I never really had a framework or necessarily thinking about exactly how to tell the story I just told that story and would tell it over and over again so it was so helpful to like take a pause and go wow there's a lot of stories that we have to tell on a regular basis right exactly and I call that a story library and you would need an onboarding story library a sales story library or a master story library your company and then subcategories, whatever it is, having those repeatable, absolutely. Why have you found, because, you know, sometimes it's so obvious in a workshop, you're like, duh, why haven't I been doing this? Why do you think um, we don't, you know, uh, realize that we need a bank of stories that we're using on a a regular basis? Um, One of two things. One, if you think of the typical uh, professional, they're not trained to tell stories. Nowhere do you get somebody saying, um, here's, here's how you tell stories. What they say is you go to a presentation class or you know, a training class and they say, okay, you need to tell a story here. That's it. It stops. I'm sure there's exceptions, but in general, there's no specific training for this skill. And then second, and quite often, and I think this is part culture, is that people poo-poo stories and they think of it as a super soft skill that has very little return because you can't prove it. Right? Oh, I told a story. Okay, yeah, so what? But when you get people like yourself and my clients, when they're using them purposefully, deliberately in a sales meeting, in a recruiting meeting, and, and I get them trained to look at how people react, then you can start seeing the return. Because then you can eat, both feel it and then you can see it, both bottom line and top line. If you're telling a story at, a, at an all-hands meeting and you're about to, to share some potentially, let's say, controversial news or maybe some big news about a new product launch or a new system, and you hear grumbling or you knew it was coming in, and all of a sudden you're telling a story that really resonates and connects the heart to the message, and then when people are leaving and you've got good listeners out there and you're going, okay, I feel a lot better. While that doesn't affect necessarily immediately sales or effectiveness, you could feel that the opportunity to start tracking. And if you start doing this with very quantifiable stories, so sales stories, success stories, customer service stories, uh, those kinds of things, you can quantify those. Yeah. And when I start working with these folks, they can start getting and say, okay, this is not a monster story that I have to, you know, have to be perfect. 
when I'm doing a sales presentation or I'm going to be a conference, right? You talk about the opening. How about the close? The close is when really you can inspire people. Right. You know, I talk about um, a great beginning, uh, um, uh, the great, a great beginning kind of gains the audience and a great closing inspires the audience to action. Absolutely. I was mentioning earlier, you know, all the studying and research I've done in neuromarketing, and one of those key stimuli they talk about is the beginning and end, how important it is to, you know, the beginning of a movie and the end of a movie. So if you're up on stage telling a story, or if you're writing something or creating a video for marketing purposes, you know, open strong and close strong. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. you were teaching those those right. frameworks. So I have um, I've been a good student of yours. You know, I've been sitting down and, and constantly honing uh, the storytelling craft and getting my core stories down, our, our elevator pitch mm-hmm. and, and such. But what I have to say, Ira, like the compliment really is not just the inspiration to identify that I need to tell these stories and help our organization understand what our core stories are. It was that framework that you used for building your stories and how long to have that. And that was that was so impactful. You want me to kind of go over that? Uh, that'd be amazing. That'd be Absolutely. Yeah. If you can paint a vision sure. for that, it would be great. I'm sure yeah. everybody would love it. So um, what I did was I've, I've compacted, it's a lot of steps in here, but I made it so that the, the big steps, so there's six big steps, and they have sub-steps underneath. But I made it all for the busy sales professional, the busy marketing, the busy executive. So I made it one page, and if you've got the ability to spend 15 minutes or less, once people know this process, you can have a good story. A great story requires a little bit more practice, a little bit more review, but a good story would follow this framework. And on the one page, there are six boxes. On the, what I have on my, on my framework is the top two. So think of them as column A and column B, left column, right column. The first one is what I call the better tomorrow message. And think of that as the lessons learned you want for the story. And in business, you've got to be making your prospects' lives better somehow, your audience. Is it increasing money, increasing efficiency, saving money, saving lives, um, building community, whatever it is. It could be any number of messages. And the better tomorrow message is my way of saying the benefit statement, which you're making it a bigger message. If you take a standard lessons learned, something like, okay, I want everybody to think strategically. I think oftentimes people will process it and kind of let it decay. I call it story decay. Over time, it kind of goes away. Yeah. So Jeff Hoffman, and, and I'm happy to share uh, a PDF with the folks. They all have to do is email me and put in the subject line, demand gen, and I can give them some examples and some clips. And so Jeff Hoffman, in his TEDx speech, talks about having childlike wonder. So you could either say to your folks, folks, think strategically, or instead have childlike wonder. Now people are going to remember this because it's a different way of framing a lessons learned. Totally. So I, that's why I call it a catchy lessons learned. Another one is oh, from one of my students. I'm a, I teach at the University of Maryland Business School, and I teach public speaking. And in it, they have the elevator speech, uh, presentation design, presentation delivery, and they have to do a five-minute TED Talk, which, of course, has to have one solid story in there. And one of my students tells this story about him being home at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And his mom's not supposed to be home at 2. His mom's supposed to be home at 5 at the end of the day. And he had a bad experience on, you know, pick whatever highway you folks live near and think of the absolute worst traffic and then think of the aggressive driver who's just cutting you off and swerving. And so this person had cut um, my student off three or four times, and he was just fuming. His mom comes home, and he jumps up, and he just starts laying in his mom, yelling about how this guy, this 
idiot in this red convertible. Blah, 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 on and on. And about five, six months later, his mom starts to have a tear in her eye. And he focuses and he pays attention. What's wrong, mom? And his mom said, my brother died. And my student realized in that moment that he was the idiot in the red convertible because he wasn't paying attention to his surroundings. So you could either say, folks, be a good customer service, be better listeners, focus on the person in your cube next to you. Or you could say, you know, this is kind of aggressive language, so you may not want to be as aggressive. But for him, it worked, and it's his message is don't be the idiot in the red convertible. And I gave awards out to all the, uh, to the top student, and nobody, I got about 70 students, all of them raised their hand, and I said, who had the best, better tomorrow message? And they all unequivocally was unanimous that the student won that award. That's awesome. So the lessons that you taught me, you know, I've been working on that better tomorrow message. And um, when I sit down with new employees and I talk about when the company was founded, I first start like this now. I say, so I want to give you a, a bit of history around how DemandGen came to be so that you feel part of our team, a part of that history. But let me start off with a lesson that I learned that I want to share with you about being an entrepreneur. You see, when I was about to start DemandGen, two months before that, my youngest daughter was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And it still is hard for me to talk about day because I just remember that that spring break when she was diagnosed and I knew her life and our lives would change immediately. And the lesson I want to share with you is that at that point, I started talking myself out of starting Demand Gen. I thought it might be the wrong time and this was a sign. But I fast forward now 10 years and my daughter's incredibly healthy, the company's incredibly successful, and you're sitting in front of me. And had I talked myself out of it, life would be very different for all of us. And so just the first lesson is um, don't talk yourself out and thank you for talking yourself into being here today. And so that's my opening. I'm sure I could work on it some more, but uh, to your point, it's, it's way more engaging and, and creates a much more personal uh, connection. Yeah, you humanize the executive, you, the, you being the executive. You immediately showed people that you're, that you're willing to share things about yourself, and that's not a common trait. Uh, was it's it's you know I, again it's been impactful. Um, let me let you continue though and and hit those sure, other five absolutely. areas. Sure. So uh, on the left column, left uh, top left, you've got your better tomorrow message, and then uh, to the right of that, you've got your call to action. These two items are what separates what I call barbecue stories from business stories. A barbecue story is just a story you tell anywhere, and it could be in business. A business story has these bookends of, as you mentioned telling that that better tomorrow message and then a call to action. What is it that you want your audience to do differently? Change in behavior, change in actions, change in their thinking. You've got to have both of those. That's what separates a barbecue from a business story. (laughs) And I don't care if you are talking to billion-dollar executives. You want to be specific. Now, you can hit them over the head with a hammer or you can be light. But either way, you still have to tell them the call to action that you want them to do. So for Jeff Hoffman, for example, it was he had his entire management team come in the next day after he had this revelation of bringing back childlike wonder. And he had his whole team, and he said to them, I want to challenge you to start rethinking how we do everything in the business. And then the rest of his TED Talk, the 15 or 16 minutes, talks about how innovation made a big difference in his company. Yeah. With my student, it's about how he changed his behavior to be much more focused on other people. 
So when you have those two bookends, telling the story then becomes within a structure of what do I want to get across as the message, and what do I want people to do after they hear the message. So those are the pre-steps. The steps to develop the story are, there's four. Develop the beginning, the middle, and the end. Typical storytelling, and then you end it with step six, which would be the call to action in a narrative format. So the call to action, think of it as five to seven words. Bring back childlike wonder or think like a child. Well, then you got to put it in narrative. And on average, people always ask me this, how long should a story be? Generally, I tell people to be effective in America. So these American-type business stories, two-ish to three minutes. You can tell a one-minute story, but it's not going to have too much background and too much color or texture, as I like to call it. So generally around two minutes. And if you're somebody that likes to write, you're talking about 350 to 450 words. The average American who was born in the United States and who speaks English as a first language speaks at approximately 150 to 175 words per minute. If you do the math, three minutes works out to be 450 words approximately. So I tell people 400, 500, stick under there if you want to do that. So the beginning is your typical setup like any normal story. And what you want to do is you want to think of yourself as a movie director, right? Right. How do you start? How are you going to grab your audience's attention? If you've got a big audience and it's mixed, maybe it's going to be a little bit different than an intimate audience of three or four. If your audience is filled with just techies, how do you wow them? How do you get them thinking differently? Whereas, you know, marketing people, um, they might want more visuals. Maybe you start with a video. Mm -hmm. So whatever it is, you want to start it, but you want to introduce your goal Uh, overall, maybe there's a little bit of a struggle. You had a struggle that you just shared in yours. Maybe I wasn't going to start the company. Maybe I am. What do I do? So that's about 35, 45 seconds. That's step three. Better tomorrow message, step one. Call to action, step two. Beginning uh, is about 35, 40 seconds, step three. Step four is your middle, your buildup. That's about a minute. And what you want to do is you want to connect to the audience. And And to me, you want to connect through the heart, not through the brain. So what that means is not too many facts. And if you're going to do facts, make them big, make them startling, make them different so that people go, oh, wow. Yeah, you know who was always great at that was Steve Jobs. You know, Steve Jobs always oh, yeah. had the most simple slides. and it's like yeah. four billion songs, and he would hit that point, and, and it was just enough for you to just hang on a memory of how big mm-hmm. that one factoid was. So he was a symbol storyteller. So he used symbols to mm-hmm. represent his messages. You know, they put it inside the iPad. Uh, he put it inside a manila envelope. And four billion songs. So it's a symbol. Yeah. He made it a construct in a way. Yeah. And when I do a lot of these workshops around the country, people don't even realize the symbols they had. I did one, where was it? Uh, I want to say Philly. And the man had a poster, and this is what reminded me of, of an apple, which was a think different of the man on the moon. And I said to him, how many people have you told the story behind why that's important to you? And he kind of looked down a little ashamed. He goes, nobody. <laughs> he goes, well, I'm going to change that today. Because yeah. that was why he wanted people to do, is to think differently, because he loved that whole Apple campaign. Um, the first dollar, you know, uh, what do you call it, um, symbol-wise, for a company, the first customer, the first testimonial, the first uh, version 1.0 of, of a of a, uh, what do you call it, a piece of software, even a little uh, computer disk, you know, the old floppy disks. You know, this was where we started our company, or the picture of the garage. Um, one of my friends, his mom lived about three blocks from the original, the original uh, Hewlett-Packard garage. Yeah. And I went to the Little Rock and took a picture. 
Yeah. I mean, that means so much to so many people. My former CEO at, uh, at Ellie Mae, we were doing the first ever user conference, and he loved to tell the story how he was at Applebee's and wrote on a napkin the, the skeleton for the business. And so I knew he wanted to tell that story on stage at our very first user conference, and we literally went to Applebee's, got a napkin, um, put the framework <laughs> on there, even put some barbecue sauce on and took a picture of it and used it as the <laughs> opening slide, to your point. Right. And that makes it different. Using visuals makes stories so much more impactful. Yeah. All right, so you've got one, two, three, and four is the middle. And then you've got five. This is where you end uh, with your lessons learned. So if you can, try to be a little bit more catchy, a little bit more creative. And as you mentioned, you want to start strong, end strong. Yeah. And you want to share the why. The why are you telling the story to us? You want to bring that all together. How did your uh, perceptions, your actions, uh, whatever it is, your thoughts change, improve. Some people can call this a transformation. It doesn't have to be big, but if it is, go for it. Um, and then also another aspect of stories that a lot of executives kind of push back with me, and they say, I don't really want to share too much about myself. And I, and I challenge them back, and I say, the more you show that you are a human being, and obviously they're, they're humans, right? Yeah. But the more you humanize yourself, like you did, you're telling people right away that you had an issue in your family with a, with a sick daughter. And when people start to share that, it opens people up because you're creating a bond of trust. And if you think of the old business adage of, I want to do business with those people that I know, I like, and trust, it's usually in the context of sales. If you apply that to the context of employment, and customers, and retention, and you start to think about all of that. Why do people want to join a company? We're spending eight to 10 hours working every day at a company. Yep. Because I like David, I love his company, I love what he stands for, I love the customer, and blah, blah, blah. Substitute the word Amazon in there, or Microsoft, or Marketo, or whatever the demand uh, marketing tools are out there. You've got to connect to people to the heart, and the more that you share, the more your story will have likes. So great stories travel. So after you speak it, how many other people, wherever you might be, tell your story on your behalf? Exactly. I've got one client as a government contractor in the Washington, D.C. area, very technical. We changed their entire messaging to be about a messaging about a journey of safety using a mountain climb to the top of the mountain as a metaphor. They won a $94 million contract with the federal government and the particular agency executive would carry around that PowerPoint in printed format and use it, again, as a symbol of this is how I want to be pitched, because he shared things inside. And then you wrap up your story with a call to action in the narrative format. So not just that five to seven words you say, this is important because, and you did the same thing with them, you want them to feel like they're part of it and thank you for joining. And now I want you to be entrepreneurial in our company and whatever else you might say. So just to recap, you've got better tomorrow message, call to action, then you have your verbalizing. Beginning, step three, middle, end, and then your narrative of the call to action works out to be about three minutes. Such a simple framework, but it's not simple if you don't have it. And uh, I really appreciate you sharing that with everyone. And again, appreciate the impact that you've had on on me and my team. Um, as we wrap up, Ira, we're, you know, here's something else to have all of you think about. All of you are planning conferences right now or have speaking engagements coming up. If you're looking for someone who is a master at not just storytelling, but 
teaching these frameworks, give Ira a shout. Uh, I know he does a lot of public speaking, uh, would be interested in that. But um, I also think the greatest impact that you can have is just, you know, having him come into your organization. And I know that a lot of our clients struggle with when product management comes out with a new product and they talk about the feeds and speeds and features. And you as marketers need to translate that into stories of the problems that it solves for clients. It'd be a great workshop to bring those two teams together and have someone like Ira teach you this framework and help you come through it and um, we encourage you to do so where would people get in touch with you if they did want to uh, follow up Ira 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 at the chief storyteller Ira at the chief storyteller.com easy enough well, thank you, my friend. It was so great to meet you. I'm glad we are keeping in touch. Would love to have you back on the program at some other point and maybe, you know, have a guest join where we can unpack this for someone and, and teach some more practical uh, examples of it. But for now, that's going to wrap it up. So thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, David. You bet. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for tuning into this episode of Dimension Radio. Hope you enjoyed it. Bit of a twist. And um, I'm going to leave you with that. See you on the next episode. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing.